Amen. Well, I want to encourage you to turn to the book of John, uh, chapter 13, as we're in our Missing Greatness series. We've been talking all about the wrong things that Jesus did over the last few weeks, but today we're going to talk about the right thing he did, and that's according to the world's view, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, all the things that he did that were wrong, and maybe even sometimes his own family. But today we're going to look at the right attitude that he had in the appropriate moment. Have you ever uh, been in a situation where you thought it was going to go one direction, and then you got there and it went the completely opposite direction? Well, that's the scene here today that we're going to look at. Uh, We're going to look in John 13. This is after Jesus has ridden in on the donkey, which I don't know if you've ever ridden a donkey, but that takes pretty good talent, just just that. People wave into palm branches, and then it goes downhill from there. And so here he is in in the final hours, really, of his life, and when many of us, in moments of crisis and turmoil, we, we kind of turn inward, uh, Jesus does the unexpected. And so these, this scene here is a familiar scene if you've been in church a while. Um, it really is a, a preparation uh, for the ultimate Passover, the ultimate sacrifice that he is going to make in just a few short hours And he gives his followers uh, an example. Jesus is prepared, but they are not. That they're not ready. That they don't know what's coming still. But he has prepared himself for not only this moment where he shares with his disciples, but the moments to come where he is going to the cross, the cross of Calvary, to take away the sins of the world. He's prayed to the Father. He's prayed for a different way. But now he's ready. He's accepted the will of the Father to know that he is going to the cross. And so now he needs to prepare those people who will follow after him. He needs to prepare his disciples. And he has the right attitude and he needs to help them have the right attitude just like we need to have the right attitude. So read with me, if you will, beginning in verse one of John 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. And so Simon Peter, as usual, said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. 
Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. And when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Blessed are you if you do them. Jesus is preparing, in this case, 11 of the 12, (laughs) to take the the mantle of humility and service, to, to take the opportunity of life change, to take the the challenge to do things differently than the rest of the world does them by modeling for them what it means to humble himself. Because they are going to be sent into the world. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save the lost and now he's sending these 11 men, another one later, to go into the world to share that message And if they don't have the right attitude going in, they'll never succeed. They'll never make it. The world will chew them up and spit them out. And so as Jesus humbles himself before his followers and he washes their feet, he gives us a great contrast between how the world operates and how a follower of Christ operates, that he loved his own enough to serve them, to humble himself before them. And now he's gonna send them out so that they too can humble themselves before those that they come in contact with. Not to puff themselves up, not to make a name for themselves, but no, to draw men and women to the person of Christ. To be in the world and not of it. And so here he is, washing their feet. I don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences where you've had a foot washing ceremony. I've only done it twice. Once when I was 21 years old, doing a Christian sports camp, our leaders decided to do this. And if you don't know, I wear a size 14 or 15, depending on the shoe. And you know those little buckets that we put a sponge in my feet don't fit in those too well. But that's what we did. And and our camp leader at the time, um, he was a big guy. He and I actually went to college together and he was 6'7", about 270, is a big dude. And here he is coming around and I'm trying to wiggle my foot in there and, you know, make it. it, It's an awkward moment. It's it's awkward. There's something wonderful about it, but, but also humiliating it's it's a vulnerable position for both people And, and here we see in this scene that jesus the lord of all the the master the teacher 
of these 12 men on his knees, washing the dirty, grimy feet, like we at least had socks and shoes on. I mean, they had dust and dirt. Randy loves me talking about like goofy toenails, like all this stuff. She loves that stuff. I wanted to be a podiatrist when I was in high school, so I, I love feet, actually. It's in my senior year book. So that's all for free, that part, so I better get back to the... But the needles thing messed me up, so I'm out. But here he is, on his knees. And I'm reminded of the passage as Jesus is is there at his disciples' feet. I'm reminded of of the passage that's going to come a little later. There's no greater love than for us to lay down our lives for one another. He's modeling that in a real world way right here. That he would put them before himself to have the right attitude. Even when he knew not just one of them, but actually two of them, and if we want to get serious, all of them would kind of walk away. One for sure, Judas. The devil had already taken hold of his heart and Jesus knew that. And what did Jesus do for Judas anyway? He washed his feet. Do you have an enemy? Do you have someone that you don't like, that doesn't like you? Our tendency is to stiff arm them, to push them away, to talk about them, to discredit them. What did Jesus do? He knew this man was going to send him to his death. And he humbled himself and washed his feet. God's calling us to serve everyone, not just the people who think and act and believe like us. To serve everyone. To lay down our lives. And so he serves Judas. What a contrast between what Jesus' brothers wanted early on, what perhaps even some of his disciples in this moment wanted for him to display his greatness by overthrowing the government, by taking over, by doing signs and wonders and miracles so that all would see and kind of turn their attention to him. But Jesus' kingdom, his authority was never built on show and display and mighty power. Yes, did he have all of those things? Sure. No, the greatness of Jesus was on display through his humility and his service. And if you and I want to be people of greatness, then may we be people of humility and service. Because Jesus didn't take his authority as the Son of God and ram it down people's throats. No, he served them. He told them the truth. He gave them love. He offered them forgiveness and grace. He hung out with the least of these. That's greatness. That's the right attitude to have. And as you think about this idea of washing your feet, this task, 
Most of us, when we think about washing someone's feet, we, we kind of see it as an awkward, strange thing. But in this culture, it would have been much greater than this because washing of feet was really the job of a slave. And since we're in 2021, I've got to be careful here, but or a woman. <laughs> Those are the two people that got to wash feet. A slave or a woman. And so for the master, the teacher, to even touch the feet of someone else was considered kind of a disgusting, menial task that no one should do except for the lowest of the low. Even John the Baptist, right? You remember back in John chapter 1, John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. That's how low I am in comparison to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like John believed he wasn't even worthy enough to touch the sandal, much less his feet. And yet Jesus commended John. And so remember the, the power of this moment that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has humbled himself enough to take on the activity of a hired servant, a slave, to demonstrate to his followers the attitude and the action that we should take. And so how far are we willing to go to serve those around us? To humble ourselves before one another? To give grace and honor to someone who is against us? How far are we willing to go? Are you a teacher, a coach, are you a business person? Are you an older brother or sister? Are you a teammate, a section leader in the band if you're a student? What are we doing to demonstrate humility to those who are below us? Jesus took on the nature of a slave to honor those who followed him, to show, him, show them what it meant to live with greatness because greatness comes in humility. Now don't forget the context here, right? The context is James and John, just a little bit earlier, had argued over who should get the right hand of Jesus. Not, not his actual hand, but who should sit next to him? Vying for greatness. That's what we do. We vie for greatness. And so here Jesus is washing their feet. We already know Judas has betrayed Jesus. And what is he doing? Washing his feet. Peter, wash all of me. You know, Mr. Big Mouth. Misses the whole point of the, of the exercise. And what is Peter going to do? He's going to betray him too, deny him. Jesus knows all of that. He's experienced it. And what is he doing still? 
serving, honoring those that follow him, giving the example that we should give to others around us. And so Peter, in his culture of shame and honor, doesn't want Jesus, his teacher, to be dishonored by washing his feet. Of course, he misses it all together. Wash all of me, and Jesus helps him a little bit, and he still doesn't get it, right? If you followed me, if you're already clean, if you've had a bath, which hopefully most of us have had one, at least since yesterday, it was Saturday, right? Then if you've had a bath, if you've received Christ, if you follow him, if you've trusted him, you've placed your faith in him for your salvation, you don't need a bath again and again and again. If you've been cleansed of your sin by faith in him, you don't need to bath again. You don't need to be cleansed again. That's a once and for all. No, just wash your feet. Stay clean. Because the bath is not the issue. The outside is not the issue. The skin and the dirty toes are not the issue. The issue is the heart. And if your heart isn't clean because of your faith in Christ, having clean feet won't matter. It doesn't matter how clean the outside is if the inside hasn't been changed by the power of Christ. Peter misses that in the moment. He'll get it later. But if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you haven't received him by faith and said, yes, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, unclean, dirty inside and out, and I know you're the only one who can save me from my sin, I receive you, Jesus, as Savior. If you've never made that confession, it doesn't matter how often you attend church. It doesn't matter how clean you look on the outside. It doesn't matter how much activity you do. God looks at the heart. And he wants our hearts to be changed. Transformed. Made new. And the way we make our heart new is by letting him do it. And receiving him by faith. And so if you're clean on the inside, then you're clean on the outside. And let's just wash our feet occasionally, please. And serve one another in godliness and humility. You ever gotten to something, and maybe you've taught your kids or grandkids, and there's sort of a moment of truth. Like you, you've sort of engaged them and now you're waiting for them to respond in exactly the right way. You're praying and hoping that you've had this deep, heartfelt discussion and you want them to get it and then to follow it. Well, this is the moment here. Jesus asked them, do you understand what just happened to you? And what's the answer? No, thank you. A little louder. You don't have to, it's never a trick question. They're always pretty easy. No, they don't really get it. They don't get it. Are we any smarter than the disciples? No, thank you there. Hey, now we're talking. 
We're, we're, we're not, we, we, the, the good news for us is we have the, all the scripture in print for us to figure it out. They didn't quite get it yet. And sometimes we don't get it. Because I imagine after Jesus did that, after he washed their feet, and then he went back to his spot, right? He just went back to his place at the table. And he starts talking to them about this moment. He was their teacher. And I'm sure their minds were just going crazy, like, why in the world did you do that, Jesus? I don't understand. I, I wish we would have had more of the dialogue. You know, it's just like, what, what did the other guys say? Peter, we know, Mr. Loudmouth. But what did the other guys say? What, what, was, the, what was the tension in the room like? What was the, the atmosphere of the room like? Were they just befuddled and like didn't say anything because it was so strange and awkward? Were they just concerned about, mm, I wonder if my feet are more dirty than Matthew's? Right? Because that's us, right? We get sidetracked on the minor thing and sometimes we miss the major thing because we're focused on minutia and, and we miss the picture of Jesus that he was willing to serve and ultimately to give his life for us. And it wasn't simply about an act. It wasn't simply about him just washing their feet. No, it was this entire attitude, this, this internal quality that he possessed, that he gives to us as his followers, an internal quality of humility and servanthood. That's why I'm so thankful that these guys this weekend, they came and put some sod out, they put a little bit of mulch out, they put some flowers out. Not because someone asked them to, no, just because they said, hey, we'll do it. Someone did ask them, but they wanted to do it. <laughs> they were excited to do it. And tonight they get to serve chips and put ice in buckets. Man, what a thrill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, would we do the same thing? Or that neighbor who's always fussing? Would we do the same thing for the friend who is really flaky all the time, like never can count on him or her? Would we do it for the coworker who constantly, constantly messes up or talks poorly about you or the management or another employee. In those moments, that's when we get it. Because that's the model of Jesus. To serve humbly. And to not follow the example of Jesus it exalts ourself above him. That, that we're better. And that's not the right attitude. That's not the right perspective. And so as we wrap up today, I want to give you four things 
that you can take with you as you think about the right attitude of Jesus. The, the first one is just a reminder. I've said it before. Proximity to Jesus uh, or to church uh, doesn't equal salvation. Judas was close to Jesus for three years and he missed it completely. His heart was hardened towards the things of God. He was with the Messiah and he missed it. And so don't miss it. Whether you've gone to church for 60 years or this is your sixth time to come to a church. Just getting close to a building or to the things of God doesn't mean salvation. Receiving him as savior. That's the abundant life today and that's the eternal life forever. And so stay close to Jesus but allow him to save you from your sin. The second lesson is it's easy to fool people, but it's impossible to fool God. We all know that. We've lived it. We're an example of that. We can fool each other some of the time, but we can never fool God. And Jesus knew the heart of every man at that table. He knew their heart. And though they might have had the outward appearance of looking great and even Peter standing up and making a scene, he knew what Peter was going to do. He knew that Judas had already made his deal or was about to make his deal. He knew that James and John and Thomas wanted glory and Thomas was just wanting answers. He knew all that. And so don't ever think we can fool God. Now, the beauty of that is God loves you unconditionally. And so he's always, he's always ready to receive you. Always. And so when you fail, when you fail people and you fail him, go to him and tell him, I failed. He'll receive you back with open arms. The third lesson for today, we should serve people even if they are against us. This is the hardest of the three lessons. Because there's some people in my world that, hmm, I'll tolerate you but I'm not sure I want to serve you. N not you, okay? <laughs> Nobody in this room. <laughs> At least not today. <laughs> the same is true for you and me, right? So don't act like you're, oh, pastor. <laughs> we need to serve those even if they're against us. And then finally, blessing, may we say greatness comes to those who humbly serve. May we be a people of service. And I'll give you a real word. This is, my, this is my easiest application point for you. When you walk through a door in a public place, look behind you every time. It's that simple. 
Every time you walk through a door in a public place, look behind you. And if there's someone behind you, stop and hold the door for them. That's it. Because so often you and I get so zoned in on our own world and our own life and our own needs and it's all about me. We miss those around us that we have opportunity to serve. And so lift our eyes and look for those that we might serve and blessing will come to you and you'll be great. Maybe not in the eyes of man, in the eyes of our Lord. Let's pray together.